from the Brainswell Media Studios, welcome to Ad Sales Nation with your host, Ryan Dorn. Each month, Ryan digs deep on the issues and challenges facing media salespeople like you every day. Ryan is a 28-year media veteran, an Emmy winner, a sales coach, and he still sells media every day just like you. Now, your host, your coach, your fellow media sales warrior, Ryan Dorn. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Ad Sales Nation podcast. If you sell media just like me every day, you are a citizen. You live in the Ad Sales Nation each and every day. Kind of crazy out there, isn't it? <laughs> hey, we got a great show for you coming up this month. We're going to talk about finding your personal sales passion. Maybe you've lost your mojo. Maybe you're just not doing as good as you think you can do. Maybe your boss is telling you you need to step up your game or you're out the door. I hope that's not the case at all, but uh, we're going to be talking about finding your personal sales passion, finding that power within you to drive your sales forward. It's going to be a great conversation. Also, we've got our friend Charity Huff from January Spring talking about all kinds of things related to Facebook. Facebook continues to be in the news, all kinds of problems, issues left and right. And as a shareholder myself, I'm kind of like, oh, come on, guys. So we're going to dissect Facebook a little bit. And then our friend Mike Obert from Openlook Business Solutions is going to be here to talk in detail about generic prospecting emails and how they are not working. So if you're a big fan of sending those generic prospecting emails out in mass bulk to your clients, um, eh, it's not going to work out for you. I don't think that you're uh, going to be happy in the uh, grand scheme of things. So we'll be talking about that. Then we've got our favorite listener questions. And uh, we got questions from Mark in Minneapolis, Joy in Fresno, and Glenn, upstate of Albany, New York. And that's all coming up straight ahead. So, all right, I'd be a pretty terrible ad sales coach uh, if I couldn't sell sponsors of my own show. So do me a favor, listen close for the next 45 seconds and support these companies that support all of us that live and work in the ad sales nation. The Ad Sales Nation podcast with Ryan Dorn is brought to you in part by Digital Agency January Spring. If you want to offer your advertisers expanded digital services like social media management, digital display, or search engine marketing, turn to January Spring. They do all the heavy lifting and you could reap the profit. You can find out more at JanuarySpring.com. That's JanuarySpring.com. The official CRM tool of Brainswell Media and Ad Sales Nation podcast is the magazine manager and the newspaper manager. This publishing CRM offers sales, billing, production, and marketing in one integrated package. Learn more online at magazinemanager.com or newspapermanager.com. Openlook Business Solutions, offering media companies outsourcing solutions to reduce expenses in data collection, audits, sales, telemarketing, ad layout, and so much more. Find out more online at open-look.com. That's open-look.com. Now, back to the Ad Sales Nation podcast with your host, Ryan Dorn. Thank you, Deborah, and thanks to all those great sponsors of the Ad Sales Nation podcast. All right, so let's talk about finding your personal sales passion. Um, have you lost your mojo? Uh, do you just feel like when you get up in the morning, you're like, oh man, I just really don't feel like selling anything today. Uh, maybe your boss has come to you and said, hey, Ryan, you need to step up your sales game or else. I mean, I hope that's not what's going on. But here's the first thing I'd love to share with you. Every day in sales land is not necessarily going to be a good day. I think we all recognize that. Some mornings, just being who we are, we're going to wake up and go, gosh, I just don't feel like really selling much today. But maybe you're in a bigger slump than that. Or maybe you're doing fine, but you just want to go to the next level. Whether you've lost your mojo or you just want to increase your sales, finding your personal sales passion 
is so unbelievably important. So let me share a few thoughts with you because I coach people on this all the time. On my team, John coaches people on this all the time. Clay, all of us coach people on personal sales passion all the time. So number one, first thing I'd love to share with you is you need to wrap your head around what we like to call the law of large numbers. Now, the law of large numbers is not necessarily something that I came up with. It's just something that we embrace. The law of large numbers doesn't exactly work like this, but typically works like this. The more people you talk to, the greater your chances of success. <laughs> so it's it's all about creating what I like to call hit lists or hot lists. Some of you have heard me in my training talk about my top 20 list. What I'm doing as recently as this morning is I'm working with my clients on figuring out who are the advertisers that are a perfect fit. Who are advertisers that fall within that sort of middle group? You've got the small, small clients and the big, big clients. You've got the rest of those right in the middle. And I want to wrap my arms around them. I want to embrace them. And I want to understand that the more of them I talk to, the greater my chances of closing deals. So in an effort to make this easier for you, that's where the top 20 list comes from. And that's four a day times five days in the work week. And that's where 20 comes from. So if I'm lost my passion, I want to focus in on creating a hit list to create some great focus for me. And those are the people that I want to reach out to. Second, I don't want to lose focus by chasing business I wouldn't normally want to have. So what I mean by that is when things get tough, we tend to go low instead of going high. So rather than going to the low hanging fruit, I want to go to the next group. Because even though I know that those smaller clients, they'll call me back, usually they'll email me back, I want to understand that if I get into a slump, going to the smaller clients isn't going to save my day. Now, it might give me a feeling of success, which is always good, but don't lose focus. Focus on that middle group. We've got minnows on one end, we've got whales on the other end, and then we've got that group of cod right in the middle, sort of that commonly eaten whitefish. Don't lose focus and then go back down to the minnow pool. Try to stay in the middle pool or the big kids pool. Number three. I want to prospect with a purpose. I want to prospect with a passion. When I'm reaching out to people, I want to be specific. When I'm reaching out to them, I want to be passionate about what I believe in. When I'm reaching out to them, I want to be highly specific to a particular need that they might have. We're going to talk with Mike Obert uh, about that a little bit later in the show. I'm hoping that he'll let me uh, pick his brain a little bit because he sold a lot of things, meaning he's being sold uh, by salespeople. And I want to prospect with a purpose and a passion. Now, number four, when I've lost my passion, I really want to adopt a buyer's mentality. And what I mean by that is I really want all of my energies to be focused on solutions-based selling. I want to sit in my advertiser's chair. I want to walk in my advertiser's shoes. I want to figure out what can I do to help them? What do I think their needs are? Now, if you don't know, if you've never run a small business or a mid-sized business, Go and shadow one of your clients for the day. Just say, hey, I'm not. this is not a sales tactic. I want to walk in your shoes for a day. Can I come and can I work with you for one day in your business? You will learn an immense amount and it'll get you fired up. Number five, practice success stories. When I've lost my sales mojo, I want to go back. I want to find emails. I want to go back to phone calls I've had with advertisers that love me. 
advertisers that have been highly successful. I want to find those stories. I want to write those stories down and I want to share those stories. When you share about success, you feel the success. If you've lost your mojo, surround yourself with success. Now, I also want to think about the sixth thing I'd love to share with you is I really want to preach to my advertisers that marketing is a muscle. It's not fat. So you want to be careful about cutting because marketing is something that is flexed. Marketing is a game of math. Marketing is a game about putting a lot of hooks out there in the water to catch those fish. It's, it's, not, it's not a luxury. It's a necessity. And I want to embrace that myself. I want to understand that marketing is something that people need. It's not just a luxury. And I want to understand that I want to help them flex those marketing muscles. Now, I also want you to think about this. Celebrate wins no matter the size. No matter if you get a big account or a little account, you want to celebrate that. Feeling successful is so important to success in general. That's why when I was managing teams, I would take a little bell and I would put that bell on the front counter. And every time somebody sold something, no matter the size, I'd want them to ding that bell. And if they didn't ding that bell loud enough, I'd say, hit it harder, hit that bell. You know, have you ever been to a bar or a restaurant where when someone gives a tip, they ding a bell? Well, why do they do that? They do that to remind everybody else that they need to tip as well. So get yourself a little bell. Reward yourself for success. You know, maybe you have a boss that's just a jerk and they don't want to do fun things. Reward yourself. Say to yourself, if I can close one deal this week, at the end of the week, I'm taking my spouse out or my partner out or whatever uh, out to a very, very nice dinner, or we're going to go and have expensive cocktails someplace, or we're going to go to a ball game or whatever. Celebrate wins no matter the size. And then last but not least, I want you to think about creating mini goals. See, a lot of times when we get into a sales slump, what we forget to do is we forget to create miniature goals. We focus on the really, really big goals and not necessarily on the stair steps to get to those goals. So were you aware that 76% of people that make a New Year's resolution on January the 1st, on New Year's Eve, okay, they, they bust that goal by the 26th of January. They don't even make it to the 26th. So because of that, I think it's important to recognize why do most people not reach their goals? I think it's because they set too big of a goal and they don't set many goals. So if your goal is to lose 100 pounds, you know, it's a pretty big goal. Let's just say 25. How's that? How about 10? If your goal is to lose 10 pounds, that's great. Working out is not going to do it. I mean, it's going to be helpful, but you need little stair steps. You need to maybe, I don't know, stop drinking beer. I don't know. You need to stop eating cheeseburgers. These are all the mini goals. And you need to work out. And you need to reduce sugars. Put down those Diet Cokes or whatever. In your sales life, you need to set mini goals. So for example, the top 20 list that we just mentioned might be a mini goal. I think that could be potentially important. You might think about call volume. I'm going to make more calls today. I'm going to set a goal of making six outbound calls today to brand new clients. You might set a mini goal. I'm going to go and visit. If you're a local rep, I'm going to go visit four people this week. I'm going to go and just show up. I'm going to take them a little gift of thanks. I'm going to tell them thank you so much. I'm going to get out there and I'm going to get back on that horse and potentially going to ride again. Those mini goals are really, really important. Now, if you happen to be in a slump, 
friends, it is not uncommon to get into a sales slump at all. So if you're getting the signs from your boss or you're seeing your numbers slip, it's not not it's not something that, you know, doesn't happen to all of us. It happens to me really, really regular. So recognize, hey, you're not alone in this. Now, maybe you don't have a problem. Maybe you're not in a slump and you just want to grow. All of these ideas apply. So wrap your head around the law of large numbers. Get out there. Make a lot of calls. Number two, don't lose focus. When things aren't going well, don't go to the bottom of your client chart. Stay in the middle. Go to the top. When you're prospecting, be specific. Prospect with a purpose. If you don't feel like you're connecting with your advertisers, go walk a day into their shoes. If you've got national clients, hang out with them at a trade show. Go and see their business, tour their warehouse. Spend time with them. Practice your success stories. Find them. Write them down. Practice them. Preach them. Wrap your arms around them. Success begets success. We will all grow together. Become preaching. Don't forget, preach that marketing is a muscle. It's not fat. Remind yourself that you are selling something that advertisers need, not just something they want. It's something that they need. It's not a luxury. Celebrate wins, no matter the size of them. Set your own goals. Celebrate those wins, no matter the size. And then last but not least, creating mini goals. Don't forget, big goals are great. Without those mini goals, I think you're going to potentially be missing out and you're going to be missing out on the stair steps required to reaching those bigger goals. And if you can't reach your big goals, then guess what happens? Man, you just feel discouraged. You just sort of feel left behind. Friends, you're not alone out there. Maybe you need some help on reaching your goals. Maybe you need some help finding your mojo. That's what we do over here at Brainswell Media, 360 ad sales. We coach, we train, we inspire, we motivate. Love to work with each and every one of you. So feel free to reach out to us. Go to the website, 360adsales.com, 360adsales.com. Love to jump on a call with you. I know John, uh, he's been 30 years in this business, would love to jump on a phone call with you, reach out for some coaching. I think you'll find that it will help immensely. All right, we got great stuff coming up. We've got Mike Obert from Open Look. Hopefully, he'll let me pick his brain a little bit about prospecting. We've got Charity Huff coming up talking about Facebook. And of course, your listener questions are right here, right around the corner. All right, so how about this? Um, let's dial up Mike Obert and uh, see if Mike would be willing to let us pick uh, his brain uh, just a little bit. Mike is with uh, Open Look Business Solutions. They're a sponsor uh, of the podcast. So we got Mike on the line. Let's fire up Mike and see if Michael let us pick his brain. Here's the thing. Mike is sold literally hundreds of products every month. People reach out to him. He's a local business owner, a national business owner, and people are trying to sell him stuff all of the time. So um, I'm hoping that Mike will let me uh, pick his brain as it relates uh, to that. And what can we do to better uh, connect with him? So, okay, you got Mike. Hey, Mike, what's, um, you know, I wanted to uh, pick your brain about a couple of things each week via email approximately how many sales solicitations as a local business owner, national business owner, how many email solicitations do you get each week? Wow. I, I'm going to guess that I get over 200, Come 250. On. No, it can't be. Absolutely. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So I didn't ask you that in advance. Okay. Of those solicitations, let's just say it's 200. How many of those do you actually respond to that you're interested in? Probably one, maybe zero. 
Holy cow. Okay. That's not, not very many. Okay. That's a terrible percentage. All right. So we can eliminate right now that the vast majority of folks in the sales world, media included, that are sending out generic prospecting emails, your advice to them, we need to stop that, correct? I mean, we need to stop. Uh, you're wasting your time. Yes. So what are people going to do if they want to sell you something and they're going to send you an email? What do they need to do in that email? They somehow have to make some sort of connection with me. And, you know, typically the people that have done a little bit of research uh, that that knows what our company is doing, uh, those are the people that will will get my attention and not just the generic. Usually it's their company name and, you know, hey, can we schedule a phone call and that kind of stuff. Um, basically, you've got about one sentence or two sentences to, to connect with me. Anything longer than two sentences, I'm checking out. I'm gone. All right. Perfect. So um, do you delete email in bulk on your email uh, client? I do. Okay. Yes. So you can tell right away from the subject line if somebody is sending you a baloney generic email. I can. Yes. Pretty easy to tell. Is that because you're really smart or is it because it's really obvious? I think it's because it's really obvious. <laughs> I, the, I think some salespeople just are not creative and, you know, they just get into the habit and they just are casting this huge net hoping to catch one little minnow. Yeah. I call that spaghetti strategy, spaghetti sales strategy, throw it against the wall and see what sticks. And right. it's not, it's not working. So what's interesting about this, Mike, is the number of times that I'm working with salespeople and they say they don't do this, but they do this all the time. So I'm wondering if we think about those local business owners, if they're going to connect with you as a local business owner, is it about going on LinkedIn and, you know, figuring out your favorite sports team? Or is it about going on LinkedIn and figuring out maybe some business needs of some kind? Absolutely. It's going through that business need of, of giving me just a quick little brief snippet of what they can do for me and, and what it means to my company, not just, Hey, let's talk about your company. It's, it's more specific to something that I would need. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of research to be honest. It can be research. Yep. I, w I would say it is. Yes. So one of the things that I was working with a couple clients uh, earlier today on was following a format of three and three. So three words in the subject line, three sentences max. I'm just picking your brain here. And for those of you, we're not, we did not discuss this in advance, okay? I'm really literally live picking Mike's brain. Three and three. How do you feel about that three and three idea? Uh, I think that's genius. Okay. Yeah, I like that a lot. All right, yes. maybe, a, maybe a book on that. Me, yeah. <laughs> three and three. Possibly coming, yes. Okay, so. The power of three. Yeah, there you go. So I've got three and three. So the three words in the subject line need to somehow uh, get your attention in some capacity. So if you ran a local design store, like say you were an architect or a designer or something like that, would it be the name of your company or would it be something like three words related to your business in some capacity? It would be three words related to the business. Okay. I would not use the name of the company. Got it. So what if they were doing something like um, save money on advertising? Is, is that good or does it need to be something like increase uh, customers – immediately or something like that? I would probably go with the latter. Okay. Um, just depending on, you know, what, what you're trying to accomplish, but 
Yeah, I, I would. Everybody's always trying to increase revenue or sell more or something like that. That's that's kind of the the tone that I would go with. Now, one of the things I saw work last week was uh, more local customers question mark, and it worked. It had well over a fifty percent open rate for one of my clients. Or that's need, great. Need new clients question mark that did yep. pretty well, uh, pretty good as well. And then following yes. that three and three format. The first sentence was very specific, and so it said, Hi, Mike. Um, in doing research on your company, I see that you're in the interior design business. The next sentence was, I've got a great way to bring some new customers through your front door. The third sentence was, I know you get um, hit up continuously by salespeople, and I promise not to waste your time. And How do you feel about that? Ooh, I like that. Yeah, that sounds really uh, short and sweet. And, you know, like I said, if... If it gets too long-winded, if, you, if you're going four, five, six sentences, you're going to lose everybody. People are just aren't going to read that much. So everything that you just said uh, you know, is, is things that I would think about and, and give me a reason to respond back. Nice. Now, one of the things I know that you guys do for uh, clients is you do appointment setting. But, I mean, besides the appointments, tell me about what the appointment setting piece and how you can help uh, publishers and radio station owners, et cetera, with appointment setting. But tell me about what's the secret behind appointment setting that makes it really work. Good. Uh, you know, appointment setting and, and the way that we're doing it is is through telemarketing. So most reps aren't going to make 100, 150 phone calls per day. Uh, so we're, we're doing a lot of phone calls um, and then asking for people, you know, for for brief, uh, a little bit of time uh, that a sales rep would come out and, and meet with those business owners. Um, we always tell our customers to make sure that you confirm those appointments. Uh, cause sometimes, you know, as we know, objections are, that's one way to get somebody off the phone is just to agree. Yeah, I'll, I'll do an appointment and then, uh, they don't follow up on that. So I, I would, I would make sure that everybody is confirming those appointments, but you know, the more time that you spend on the phone, working those phones, uh, and setting up those appointments, uh, it makes, it makes a huge difference. That's awesome. I feel like it's kind of a right hook, left hook. So the right hook on it is going to be uh, the right punch is going to be being very specific in the emails that you send to local and to national business owners. And then kind of the left hook, um, the second hit, is potentially using a service like yours to set appointments. I feel like it's a bam, bam, yeah. you know, punch it, on it. It's a, Mike, it's a Mike Tyson. Awesome. Mike, thanks so much. Appreciate you allowing us to uh, interrupt your day and, and pick your brain. Hey, friends, um, if you're looking for data collection, data management, telemarketing, data cleanup, uh, appointment setting, you name it, Reach out to Mike, Brad, Kevin, and the fine folks over at open-look.com. So you can find them online, open-look.com. All right, up next, uh, one of my favorite parts of the program is when we get to talk to Charity Huff from January Spring, all about all things digital. This is your advertising tech tip for the month here on the Ad Sales Nation uh, podcast. You know, um, Charity, there is a ton going on as it relates to Facebook being in the news and all the kind of stuff. And as a shareholder, I kind of wish that um, they weren't in the news uh, all the time. Still you like, and me both, yeah. yeah they still continue to uh, to be there. One of the things that I'd love to get your opinion on, these magazines, these newspapers, uh, these TV stations, they've collected data on their readers, listeners, etc., with contests and things like that. And it would seem to me that one of the greatest strengths we bring to the occasion, um, to the party of advertising, is custom audiences. So can we talk about that a little bit? What can these publishers do to use this data to really sell it better to your advertisers? Because I feel like we do Facebook better than Facebook does Facebook. Can you talk about that a little bit? 
Most definitely. I think you're right on. Uh, because of the fact that as a publisher, you have developed a relationship with your readers and you have a really deep understanding of their interests, what they're reading, why they're reading it, how long they stay, all of that information. That's something that your uh, small business owner doesn't have access to. Facebook doesn't have access to. So to me, I would be bold as a salesperson and have the conversation with your, your advertising clients to say, we already know how to cultivate this audience that matches your target customer base through our owned and operated. We can do the same thing on social media. And, and you really can because you know better than what Facebook does about them and what the business knows about them around where and how to find those folks on Facebook, on Instagram, across social media. So what are the advertisers that think they can do the targeting through Facebook or Instagram's interface better than, than we can do it. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, if you've got a tech-savvy business owner, they probably can figure out how to use the remarketing pieces of Facebook pretty well, um, or they can build a basic radius geography target and do some of those basic things. But I'm telling you, with the major change that Facebook has been into both their privacy policy and this meaningful interactions where they really want to make sure that the time we spend on Facebook is well-meaning. Um, those two changes together are completely changing the way you have to buy advertising on Facebook. And what I mean by that is that with the time well spent on Facebook, people are seeing less ads they're seeing um, more interactions from friends and things of that nature. So number of ad impressions available is shrinking, which right. is driving up the cost. And if you're not careful, you're spending your money against an audience that's not engaging with you. Right. I've noticed that on some of the boasts, the boasts, the boosts <laughs> that, um, that we're doing, yeah. that the Facebook will show an audience of, say, 3,800 to 10,000. And so what I'm actually mm -hmm. noticing when I look in the analytics, when they say 3,800 to 10,000, what's being delivered, if the post doesn't have a lot of engagement and interaction, they'll deliver the 3,800, but they're never going to deliver the 10,000. Are you, exactly are you right. seeing that as well around the, around the country? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, ideally for a display ad, which is what, what they're buying on Facebook, um, you want to have at least four ad impressions per person, ideally even six in order, you know, like that classic um, rule of seven in marketing, you want to hit them multiple times with the same message and the same branding. And if your advertising isn't engaging, you're not going to hit that threshold. And exactly like you said, Facebook is going to serve the bare minimum it needs to because it's trying to balance the need for the ad dollars with the need for it to be meaningful for their customer base, for the people using Facebook. Makes sense. And I'm preaching to these salespeople um, as I'm traveling around the country that one of your mantras needs to be say to the advertisers, social media is great, but you need to be advertising in multiple ways on yes. multiple days. And the print ads that you run with magazines or the TV ads or radio ads help drive the familiar factor so that when people are online, they're more likely to engage with products they're familiar with. It's just good old-fashioned stranger danger in action. People don't engage with things that they're like, what is that? And so if they know you, they're more likely to engage with you. And I love saying, 
we do Facebook better than Facebook does Facebook. And I know at face value that seems, you know, just a, a little peculiar. How much, um, Charity, you would probably know this off the top of your head, how much time are consumers still spending each day, each week, each month or whatever uh, on social media? On Facebook and Instagram alone, it's close to 50 minutes a day. Okay. And um, the younger the audience, the higher the time they're spending on social media. Um, the, you know, the, the Gen Zs spend mm-hmm. up to 10 hours a day on oh. media. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. Well, hey, it's crazy, but it's also reality of the of the day that, uh, that you know that what we're dealing with. So, well, so charity for the uh, publishers and the operators of radio, TV, etc., uh, that listen to Ad Sales Nation. If if they want to get a consult with um, you and or Shannon and talk about how they can roll out digital services, where should they go online and, and what should they do? Yeah, you can find us at JanuarySpring.com, and we are on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter all over. Awesome. Excellent. Well, thanks so much, as always, for your great insights. And uh, friends, I encourage you to reach out uh, to these fine folks. They've been handling my social media now for several months, and I'm seeing a great increase uh, in traffic and interaction as well. So, all right, Charity, thanks so much. We'll uh, we'll talk to you next month uh, with our Ad Sales Nation Tech Tip. Thanks, Ryan. All right, let's talk about our listener questions. We've got questions from Mark, Joy, and Glenn. And uh, you can send your questions in, too. If we feature you on the podcast, we'll be sure to send you out an Ad Sales Nation t-shirt. And they're pretty cool t-shirts uh, as well. All right, let's rock through these questions. Send yours in. Ryan at RyanDorn.com. D-O-H-R-N is my last name. Ryan at RyanDorn.com. All right, uh, Mark from Minneapolis. Then Joy, then Glenn. Mark from Minneapolis. Question. Uh, Ryan, any CRM tips or tricks to help save me time? I feel like I'm constantly doing double work and it just frustrates the heck out of me. Yeah, Mark, I've got some tips and thoughts for you. Uh, Number one, I want you to recognize that when you log into a contact record, uh, whatever your CRM is, so I'm using the magazine manager, I've logged into a contact record to add a note. Very, very rarely do I actually type a note into the CRM. Instead, I use dictation software to put my notes into the CRM. It saves me a tremendous amount of time. So as an example, I'm going to pull up the Mirabelle Technologies Magazine Manager app on my iPhone. I'm going to put my cursor inside the notes box, and then I'm going to hit the microphone button on my iPhone. I'm going to record my notes, dictate them directly into the CRM. Now, for those of you like me that are on a Mac, I'm going to hit function, function, on my keyboard to launch the dictation tool. And then the web browser that's pulled up, I'm just going to dictate directly into the notes box uh, on the CRM. So um, that is one time-saving tip, uh, Mark, that I do all of the time. Also, I want everybody to get into their CRM and realize and recognize and use the email automation marketing tools that are built into your CRM. So obviously, I'm more familiar with Magazine Manager. They're a sponsor of the show. Um, I I use their tools uh, each and every day. So what I want to do is be able to go into my contact records. I want to isolate somebody by a certain category or geography or whatever. And then using the mailing list uh, communications wizard, and I've got this integrated with MailChimp, I'm going to be able to send out mass emails right then and there, right from my CRM. Now, we're talked about with Mike, if you remember, we talked about not sending generic emails. So I want you to recognize the emails that you send through mass email 
need to be specific to a cause, to an industry, something like that. And then also recognize that you can use the tools built within the CRM to customize the emails. So it can say, dear Bob, dear Julie, dear Brandon, dear Gabe, whatever. And then it'll automatically insert that. It'll insert the name of the company. But recognize when I'm prospecting people, I want to be very careful to be specific. We talked about that with Mike. Don't be generic. So if I'm using mass emails, I'm going to use them with a purpose. Maybe I'm talking about a special section, an event that's coming up, something like that. I'm not using this process for prospecting. I'm typically using it for informing or I'm typically using it for retention-based activities. All right, third thing for you, Mark, learn that CRM. I mean, inside and out. Become a CRM ninja. One of the biggest problems with CRMs is the lack of training that salespeople put themselves through. You've got to become a CRM ninja. You've just got to do it. Um, There's a sales rep that I worked with uh, in uh, Tulsa. Her name is Veronica, and she um, became just a wizard at the CRM that we had in-house there. And she was so good, she could have been an admin for the CRM. She just was awesome at it. Every day I was amazed at the things she could make that CRM do. And so you really want to become a CRM ninja. All right, good question, Mark. Thanks uh, for the question. All right, Joy from Fresno. Fresno, California in the house. Hey, Ryan, I need some time management advice. I feel like I get to the end of the day and I've got nothing done. Please help. Five exclamation points. Joy, time management is something that is vividly important for all of us in the sales business. Whether you are in media sales or you're selling software or you're selling bolts and nuts, it doesn't matter. Time management is a struggle for all of us. Becoming a time management master is so unbelievably important. So where do you start? The first thing I start with is time blocking. Time blocking is so unbelievably important. From a time blocking perspective, I am typically always sending my prospecting emails at 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. I do that because mostly people don't book meetings at 11 and 4, so I block out time for that. I also block out time each day for retention activities. I always work as hard to keep the business as I did to really get it back in the first place. So I think that's a very important piece. You know, Joe, we could talk about time management all day, but another piece of advice that I'd give you is turn off your email pop-up and chime. It is so important to do that. And the reason is because of the math, the statistics. Each year, 174 personal work hours, Joy, you are probably using because of being distracted by your email. We just did a webinar on this, um, you know, on email strategies for success. Uh, Go over to 360adsales.com, 360adsales.com. Click on the webinars tab. And you're going to find an email that's called Conquering Your Inbox to Change Your Sales Life. Owning your inbox. Email is such a massive distraction. Here's the math. A 30-second interruption can cost you to take two minutes to re-engage. If you did that several times a day, you're losing as much as 40 minutes a day just in lost, distracted time. That's 174 work hours per year. That's a lot. So if you made, say, 75 grand or something like that as a salesperson, 174 hours. So let's see, I got my calculator. 75,000 divided by 2080, that's the number of work hours in a year, means you're making $36 an hour times, times let's see, 36 times 174. That's $6,264 that we just potentially gave back to you. So become a time management wizard means time blocking. 
also turning off your email chime. And then the last thing I'd, I'd give you some thoughts on is really focusing in on creating prospecting patterns, patterns, sales patterns. How do you prospect? When do you prospect? What's the templates that you use? Use your email automation tools to its fullest. Really learn your CRM and understand your CRM. Embracing technology can really save you a tremendous amount of time. So, Joy, I hope that you uh, find that helpful. And also, everybody listening in on the podcast, uh, check out that webinar as well. I think you'll I think you'll love it. Good question, Joy. All right, Upstate New York question from Albany, New York. Glenn. Glenn's question, Ryan, emails, strategies, tips, I'm not getting any replies. What's going on? Is it because I'm old or, or is it because I'm just not communicating well? What are, what are your thoughts? Well, Glenn, I hope that you listened to our little brainstorming session with Mike Obert from OpenLook. I think there's some really good found advice um, there within what Mike said. But also, I really want you to recognize there's a lot of automation tools within Outlook, within Gmail that can help you vividly. One of my favorites within Gmail is called If No Reply. And there's also some automation tools in Outlook that'll do the same thing. If No Reply allows me to set up a series of five emails. I send out the first one. If the prospect doesn't respond to me within a certain period of time, the tool will automatically send them the next email in a series of emails. I can control all of those emails through templates right in my Gmail application. And I found that to be an amazing tip and an amazing tool. Also, as we talked about with Mike, being exceedingly relevant. Be really, really specific. Follow the three and three rule. Three words in the subject line, three sentences max in the email. Being super, super highly specific. And then sending these emails at the proper time. I mentioned when we were talking about time management with Joy, sending emails at 11 and 4. All of my prospecting emails, I target them, I set them to go at 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. The reason I do that is because most people don't book meetings before lunch. Most people don't book meetings at 4 o'clock because they don't want to interrupt going home. So because of that, I send my emails at 11 and 4. Now, you might recognize in your business, Glenn, you might find that there's other times of day that work better. But I can tell you this, ignore the advice from the quote-unquote sales gurus out there. And by the way, anybody that calls themselves a guru is probably suspect. I hate it when people refer to me as a guru. Um, Always ignore the advice of people that say, send emails first thing in the morning. Because quite honestly, that's just, that's not right. Most people are in delete mode first thing in the morning. So Glenn, I hope that Mike's advice will help you. I hope those ideas about if no reply and times of sending emails will help you. And I thank you, Mark and Joy and Glenn. Uh, for sending in uh, your emails. If you got a question you want answered on the show, want to win a t-shirt, send in your emails to ryan at ryandorn.com. Ryan at ryandorn.com. D-O-H-R-N. All right, friends, that's the podcast for the month. I sure appreciate you being here. Thank you, Mark, Joy, Glenn, for sending in your questions. Thanks, Charity, from January Spring, for stopping by, giving us some tech advice. Mike Gobert, thanks so much from OpenLook for letting us pick your brain a little bit on email strategies. We would love to come to your office. We'd love to train your team. If you can't afford to do that, uh, there's online videos available, free webinars, blogs, this podcast, and so much more over at 360adsales.com. That's 360adsales.com. Or search Ad Sales Training on Google, and you'll find us number one on Google as well. All right, friends, just never forget this. If ad sales was easy, everybody would be doing it. And they're not. So we're either crazy 
or which is possible, or we found a career that will feed our families for a lifetime. My name is Ryan Dorn on behalf of the cast and crew here at Brain Swell Media. Thank you so much for joining us for the Ad Sales Nation podcast. We'll see you next month. God bless. We'll see you out on the streets. Yeah.